Hi, my name's Alex Kelly, co-founder of Bright Flag, and this is In-House Outliers, a podcast where I interview those who've taken unconventional paths and challenged conventional notions of how in-house legal should operate. I'm joined today on the podcast by Dave Evans. Dave is Head of Legal Operations at Nextdoor. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Very happy to be here. Dave, let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? I was born in Fresno. I'm Native American, and so my tribe and reservations are just outside of Fresno, California. And we moved to the Bay Area, Walnut Creek and Concord, when I was very young, about three years old, and just recently moved back a couple of years ago. Oh, very good. And you decided to go to college at the University of San Francisco, is that right? That's right. That's where I finished. But that's a long story. I did try out a couple places. I went to a college in Portland, Oregon, but I am from California. I need a little more sun. So after a few semesters there, I was like, I need to come back. I went down to uh, San Diego to Grossmont College, a junior college down there, and kind of lived a fun experience, took my time, figured out who I was, and all, all those fun things that we kind of learned at those times. And I ended up going to USF because I had my great-grandmother was getting up there in age, and I wanted to be closer to home to uh, spend some time with her. And I actually took a break at USF when she passed away. So my college experience took, you know, some people do the five-year thing. I did like a six-plus-year experience, you know, testing it all out. But USF was great. Such an important time in life to find your feet. I know uh, I'm sure USF was a fun place to go to college and San Diego, I'd say as well, a great city to live in. And did you have any ideas at that stage about what you wanted to do with your life after college? I had no idea. So my grandfather has been a great role model. He's known like his entire life what he wants to do. And he was a developer and property manager. He had a property management company. And like, I feel like he knew what he wanted to do when he was like five years old. I, I see success. I want to be successful. I just didn't know what that was. And at USF, I spent a lot of time playing rugby and doing all the things that came with that. Yeah, I played a bit of rugby myself in college, which can be a lot of fun. Yeah, a bit tough on the body, but a lot of fun. That's right. Yeah, I played soccer growing up. And then I put on some weight, you know, the college 15, 20, 30, whatever it is. <laughs> and so when I was like, okay, I can still run, I'm still fast, I, I put some size on me. So uh, it, it made for a good, uh, fun time. And what was your first job then? Once you left the rugby career behind you at USF, what was the first job you took after college? So I was doing construction kind of during, like right at the beginning of college, kind of through college. And I continued that afterwards. I was a manual laborer for a company in the Bay Area. And we built, if anybody's familiar with Oakland Uptown Project, big project right downtown. It's where the Oakland A's were potentially going to move and build a stadium. Anyway, they did uh, four medium-rise buildings. And so I was doing that for a few years and then transitioned to the other side and actually started working for my grandfather at, so at the time it was AF Evans and they were acquired by EPMI, a Bayside company. And so, yeah, I worked there, which was all property management. I did, there was still some development work that I was helping with but then went right into property management. You were there with EPMI for a while. What skills do you feel, Dave, you developed during your time there that have proven useful to you in your subsequent career in legal ops? Yeah, I was there. I started kind of at the low tier. I was 
like a business manager. Actually, I don't think I had a title initially. <laughs> and, you know, somebody would move and I'd step up, business manager, became an asset manager. And a lot of skills from that really helped. So it was a very analytical role. I was, you know, in charge of budgets. So these properties were all affordable housing. And so we had to report to the regulatory, various regulatory entities, city, state, county, and federal. And so making sure that people are on track, getting jobs done, you know, there's some project management there, vendor sourcing, and primarily like budgeting and, and forecasting and all of that. I really learned a lot in that role, which is kind of transitioned for me into budgeting for the legal team. That sounds like a great grounding, obviously, given how important kind of financial management is as a core competency within legal operations. That sounds like a, a great grounding. I'd be interested to understand how you then found your way into legal operations with Pubmatic. Yeah, so it was kind of luck. All right. So the job was in Oakland and moved to Walnut Creek. I was trying to get away from Walnut Creek at the time. I grew up there. I was like, I need, we need to get some separation. I'd done a little bit of time in, in the colleges, but my now wife and I had moved down the peninsula to Foster City. So the job wasn't going to work out. I was like, I've kind of maxed out where I can be here currently without a very long, you know, life at that role. So I was like, let's go try something else. We moved down to Foster City. She was working. She does interior design. And I went to a, a staffing agency. I was very lucky to find somebody that had a, a lot of faith in me. They could see what I was able to do, my capabilities. And they landed me at Pubmatic within a couple, like, I think it was a week and a half. I had my first interview there and kind of went from there. I was hired as an interim role initially, and then that developed into a full-time it's so interesting talking to people who have found their way into legal operations, leadership roles like yourself, that there is no one defined path or journey that people go on. And that's what's so interesting about the space. I'd be interested to understand what was the structure of the legal department there when you joined? So when I came in, we had a GC and then essentially one person responsible for our business commercial agreements and one attorney that was responsible for all the vendor management and corporate responsibilities. And then there was myself and I was a backfill for somebody that was going on maternity leave and ended up choosing to just stay as a stay at home mother. And so it was just a team of four really. And in our legal team, we were ported into the CFO. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a great position coming from like the business analytics and, and all of that we really saw eye to eye. And so I was like almost a liaison between legal and, and finance for a while. And that's interesting that your first role in legal ops was in a pretty, it sounds like a pretty small, nimble legal team uh, where you're getting great exposure to the GC and the CFO. And what were the kind of core projects that you were specifically working on then? When I started, I started on December 1st, I remember like exactly, just December 1st, we started and we were sourcing for a CLM and we were using a repository. I, I can't even recall the name of it. I've never heard of it since, but that was not enough, right? We wanted the full package. And so the team had already sourced out everybody and was close on their selection. They ended up selecting Spring CM. Like the first month that I've been in contract management, it was now, you know, legal ops. It was my role to develop, implement a CLM. Like I've never been a part of this and, but here it is, 
It's on your plate. Go figure it out. And so that's what I did. That was my first job. It was like, go figure out CLM and how we're going to integrate with this. This was Salesforce. We're a global team. So I was taking a lot of meetings in the morning with the Europe and in the evening with like APAC to, to make sure that we're getting all of our people aligned and getting their trainings and understanding. That's amazing that you were thrown in at the deep end with a, a CLM project, building it from the ground up like that and kind of coming at it with a, a very different background and skill set. Were there any mentors that you had in your career at that stage that played an important role in your kind of learning and development or equally, were you kind of looking to the broader legal ops community for learning as you were taking on that project? Unfortunately, at the time, I, w- I was not aware of the full breadth of what there is in legal operations. I didn't know all the people that I do now. If I could do this role again, like I would have definitely knocked it out of the park, but I would have had all the networking. There's some great people out there, but at the time, there wasn't. It was just me and, and my coworkers. And I did not know about, you know, the clock, the ACC legal ops, like just everybody out there. And it was a couple of years in that I kind of realized this is a, a real path that I can go down. There, there's definitely a place here for me. It seems to fit. So let me do some research. And I started looking around and I found clock. And I remember going to my first clock regional meeting down at NetApp and Connie Brenton was the lead. And at that point I had a new GC and he knew Connie and he was super excited for me. He's like, Hey, yeah, absolutely. Go down this path. Go talk to these people. And that was my boss, Thomas Chow. He was definitely a proponent of me like going down full head steam down the legal ops path. It's great to have that backing of a supportive general counsel uh, to invest in your development in that way. And I suppose you were with the company for almost five years. Did your role change from implementing that CLM platform? How did your kind of role evolve, I suppose, over over that kind of five-year period? Yeah, so we brought in a couple of new systems here and there. But the role was kind of stagnant after a few years. That was part of the reason I was ready to kind of move on. I felt like I had to do some time to kind of get my standing as, hey, you are in legal ops, you you have your time that you've done this to find a good next role, right? I know I grew up with my family saying, you're supposed to work at a place for like 10, 15, 20 years, and you're going to get promoted and all this, and definitely things have changed. So I was like, let me do kind of in between. I need to get at least four years in, and then I can say I have my grounding and find something else. But yeah, at the end of my time at Pomatic, I was looking to move from Spring CM and I brought on Ironclad. That was like my final kind of task while I was there is finding that CLM that worked perfectly for the company. Uh, yeah, that's it. And you referenced then you obviously you uh, joined Nextdoor to lead legal operations. The second time round with the benefit of, as you say, a few years experience under your belt. How did you go about building your legal operations strategy at Nextdoor? So when I joined Nextdoor, it was very similar to when I started Pomatic. So I really felt like I had like an opportunity to do it all over again. I was the fourth legal hire. The company had been around for 10 or 11 years and legal was just brought in at the last kind of stage. I was the fourth legal hire, but we had only had a legal team for about a year. So there was nine or 10 years of a company running without a legal team or being outsourced or ignored. So I came in and it was like, first thing, okay, great. You know, we need to get our CLM in place. We need to get structure. It was triage. What are you going to do here? What do we have at our hands? And how can we utilize that and then build upon it? So 
So it was triage ticketing. We were leaning on Jira and then Ironclad. And it's like, okay, next is e-billing. And so within six months, we had Jira, Ironclad, and Simple Legal kind of all up and running to a decent satisfaction level. Your legal operations team, has that kind of grown at Nextdoor? How are you operating the different systems and processes that you have in place? Yeah, so for us, our legal team, legal and policy is now about 12, but I'm still just the one legal ops person here. We've brought contractors on here and there to help with with some some projects, and we've utilized some interns that have kind of helped, especially with data migration, right? Anytime you're bringing on a new CLM, you have all your legacy agreements and Unless you're leaning on a software solution, it's a lot of manual data entry. So we've had a couple of people come in for that. But no, I'm looking forward to, to building up the legal ops team here in the next year or so. Very good. And looking back now, Dave, what would you say have been the most impactful projects that you've worked on? So the most impactful, coming to a company that hasn't you know, worked with legal for the most part a whole lot, there was a big learning curve there. So developing how we're doing the contracts, right? So bringing in Ironclad, making that as seamless as possible, that was our procurement system. Doing that along with building out our Confluence page, our knowledge management, and all of that, building out all the structures so that people understand, you know, how to work with legal, how do I get my jobs done, and trying to do this in a seamless way where you're getting positive satisfaction responses from other team members. And we've gotten that quite a bit. That's what I really like to do my job for. That's that's what I live for is the positive feedback. I don't need recognition necessarily. I don't need to be like pushed up, put on a pedestal, like you're doing a great job and all that. I just like to hear, hey, this made my job easier. This made us close a deal. Whatever that is to make an impact for the company I'm working for, that's what I'm most interested in. So when I get the feedback that, hey, we didn't have procurement and this is knocking it out. We're getting all the reviews that we need and this is, is easy to work with. That's what makes my day. Absolutely. Moving the business forward, if you can be achieving that uh, on a daily basis, then you can certainly be proud of the work that you're doing. And what's next for your team? Have you got any thoughts in mind as to the next projects you're going to focus on? There are some things where I'm pretty loaded right now. You know, We have our ERP, we have... Confluence, Jira, number of other systems. Until I think I get another head, I can't really bring on a whole nother system because it's a lot to manage. So right now we're trying to fine tune all of our processes, build out where we can to make efficiencies. And I think next year we'll be looking to potentially bring on maybe e-discovery. It's something that I haven't had. Thankfully, I haven't had the need for, right? But we're getting close. We've been public for six months now and it's looming that some uh, system like that's going to be needed. Absolutely. And I think you've touched on something so important there, which is obviously to get the most out of these systems, you need the resources, the team resources to kind of manage them, to ensure that kind of you're using the data coming out of them, that the processes are being implemented in the appropriate way. And so you've got that constraint, as you highlighted, that you need another resource on your team to to give yourselves more leverage to get more out of the technologies that you're putting in place. That's right. Yeah. Right now, if I'm being realistic, I'm probably getting 80% mm-hmm. of, of the use out of all the systems I'm using. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, there's only so much you can do. And this is something I learned, obviously, with the introduction to clock and the whole legal operations world is you can specialize in anything that you want. 
And some of the individuals out there, they are so proficient in any one column of legal operations. And I really look forward to building a team where we do have specialists in all these spaces. And Dave, is there any advice you'd give to someone maybe at an earlier stage in their career who's looking to progress into kind of a legal operations leadership role like yourself? I think that legal operations is so vital for a legal team. The earlier you get in, the better. But understanding the personalities that you have to work with. As a legal, legal operations, not everybody comes from a legal background. And it seems like there's a personality that comes with a lot of the people that go into legal in general. And so if you're not one of those, you kind of have to have an adjustment and understand that you're, so my boss likes to say that I'm like the quarterback uh, of the team, right? You have to kind of be there and help structure everything out. You have to be open-minded. You have to be able to listen to what people are saying, whether that's your team that you're working with, the legal team, the broader legal team, or the business units. I see so many times where somebody might say, might have an authoritarian position coming from legal. It's like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're, why we're going to do it. We're not even saying why we're going to do it. This is just what we're doing and how we're doing it. And you need to, to follow this, like, without any question. I don't take that approach. And I think that other people in this space should be mindful of that as well. Like, hey, listen to the feedback. I tell people all the time. Give me the feedback. Let me know what's working, what's not working. I'm definitely willing to adjust and figure out a solution that fixes the problem for everybody. Such great advice, Dave. And like, who do you consider to be the key stakeholders that you're kind of managing relationships with and listening to? Obviously, the lawyers themselves, but are there others that you would be focused on? Yeah, definitely. The GNA teams, you're going to be working with a ton. You always have your commercial deals, you always have to work with the sales teams. And all of that, you know, with your CLMs and, and whatnot. But when you're building out your ERPs and, and your billing systems, you need to work with finance. You need to work with AP. You need to build those relationships. When you're public, the, you have to go through SOX and make sure that everything's being completed properly and there's proper audits and records of how everything goes. So understanding those stakeholders. For us, for me, it's, you know, it's our vendor security team. It's finance and AP. And then your sales team. Like, there's a ton of people. It's almost across the board. I'm working with communications now on, on trying to streamline their processes for getting neighborhood consents. It's like such a, seems like such a small detail, but you can improve the process and bring them in and say, hey, how can we do this better? So just about everybody in the company can be a stakeholder if you let them. I couldn't agree more. And you've obviously referenced that Nextdoor has gone public and that is a kind of major milestone for any organization but for a legal department it's a major kind of shift in the level of scrutiny and, and how things need to operate how have you found that in terms of having to change your approach to financial reporting or, or other controls that that you needed to put in place thankfully i feel like we had things set up pretty well and we haven't had to make too many adjustments i say that but we're constantly iterating Things change all the time, and you have to develop processes for something that you weren't necessarily expecting. So just constantly reevaluating and iterating on whatever you're doing kind of helps you get there. I have standing meetings with a number of stakeholders across the company just to make sure that we are doing what we need to do. And hey, what's coming down the pipeline? Let me get prepared. I don't want to be so reactionary. 
I want to try to be proactive on whatever might be coming down the line. So if you have your ear to the ground and you're trying to acknowledge what's coming, you can plan for it a little better. Absolutely. And I know that was a great way of putting it, describing yourself as the kind of quarterback for the legal department. How do you kind of maintain the relationship with the coach? I suppose if that's the right comparison, uh, the general counsel, how do you kind of make sure you're staying on the same page with the GC in terms of what you're focusing on, what the team's doing? Right. So next door, pre-pandemic, I feel like we had everything pretty lined up, right? We had all of our meetings already set up. They're calendared in perpetuity. We have one-on-ones with team members. We have team meetings. And so with with my GC, we have a one-on-one every week. Uh, and we kind of go over, you know, what is important right now, what's coming down the pipeline, what might be rolling off. So we need to stay in focus together. And I feel like we do a pretty good job about that. And then going a step further is having your agendas for your team meetings. And we just changed our structure recently because our team has grown so much. So we used to have one big team meeting once a week where we kind of go over everything and we had an agenda that really fit well. But once our team got so big, there's just too many people for one meeting and not everybody needs to be there for budget. There's, you know, a handful of people that need to be there for forecasting and budgeting. And so splitting that out and making sure that the whole team and my boss is happy with where we're going and that everything is being handled. As you say, having those regular touch points and one-to-ones are such an important form of communication to, to kind of maintain that, that alignment with the GC. And then, as you say, as a legal department scales, having those group meetings are so important, but getting the balance right as to who needs to be in them, what the content of them needs to be is, is something you have to continually reassess. And I think that it sounds like you're taking a really, really pragmatic approach to that. I'm interested to understand, Dave, you joined the advisory board of Link, an organization we're a big fan of here at Bright Flag, and I know Steph Corey personally very well. Why did you decide to join the advisory board? Yeah, so Steph and Andrew reached out to me when they were getting ready to launch this. I wasn't so sure at the time. I felt like I already had a lot of commitments, and I took a couple of weeks to think about it. But honestly, what sold me is the people leading this group. Steph and Andrew are great people. Steph is so smart. And I knew that whatever she was going to be building next, I wanted to be a part of if I had the opportunity. Then you see everybody that is a part of the Link community. And it's just all-stars, like across the board. And it, it is just a great space to be a part of. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Steph is obviously one of the trailblazers in the space. And I think... Link is playing a really important role in, in maybe bringing people together in a, in a small, slightly smaller setting than is possible now, maybe at clock, uh, to share learnings and best practices and uh, a really, really fantastic group of people to be involved with. Final question for me, Dave, unrelated to the world of legal operations, what do you enjoy doing in your spare time? So we kind of touched on this, I think, before the podcast, but there's not a whole lot of spare time. I have three kids, two twins. They're about four years old, identical twin boys who run us pretty ragged. So, you know, right now it's summertime. It's really hot. (laughs) It's really hot out here. So we've been doing swim lessons in the evenings with the boys. We're at the pool three days a week right now. The weekends, we try to mix it up and go somewhere different. We uh, visited the San Francisco uh, new tunnel top park in Christie Field and in the Presidio, did some bike rides out there. 
but it's usually, you know, taking the kids on some adventure. We love being at the beach. We have a dog who loves the beach. So anytime that all, let's see, what is there? Six of us. <laughs> we have a big truck <laughs> that can take all six of us somewhere. If it's hiking, it's, it's the beach, bike riding, whatever it is. It's, it's just getting out with the family. I think that's a great strategy. I, I'm a firm believer in trying to tire them out, whether it's swimming lessons or walks out in the woods. Yeah, I think that's key if you want, want to get a night's sleep or get some peace. Yeah, that's right. Then we just get a little too worried about them taking their naps in the truck. Like, don't nap yet. Just wait till you get home so you can go to sleep. We're off on our summer holiday tomorrow. We don't have any more sunshine in Ireland at the moment. We're off to Portugal, but I'm slightly nervous about the flight. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we fare with them. It could be interesting. It's great to have that time with them. And it's a special stage in life when they're starting to get mobile and active and you can do fun stuff like that with them. That's right. Yeah, I'm all for it. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. Really enjoyed the conversation and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Alex. It was a pleasure. I'm Alex Kelly, host of the In-House Outliers podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Brightflag, an AI-powered legal operations platform where corporate legal departments gain visibility into operations, maximize productivity, and engage with outside counsel strategically. If you like this episode, then you can find more information in our show notes. If you want to hear more, then you can also find more episodes at brightflag.com forward slash legal hyphen operations hyphen podcast. Thanks again for listening to the in-house outliers podcast. We'll see you again next time.